What's good, everybody? This is Fraternal Football. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. Hello, welcome back. Cameron here. Zach here. This is episode 33, not 34. As I just checked after doing the title. It is a very slow news week, unfortunately. The most yeah, notable thing... Slow. Yeah, the most yeah, notable thing is is uh is probably Seth Beer hitting a walk off homer for the Diamondbacks opening day. I'm a fan. It's National Beer Day. Everyone gets free beer. Other than that, not a whole lot happened this week, and even in the sports world in general, and definitely in the football field. And in light of not manufacturing stories or clickbait for you to listen to we're picking up with whatever we can scrounge up <laughs> gonna be talking about elite wide receivers or i'm sorry actually yeah elite wide receivers and elite quarterbacks we're gonna speculate on gronk because i just saw an article that he allegedly is only coming back to play for tampa Wow, big surprise there. And we're going to take a look at a, a hypothetical. Are the Chiefs tearing down their their championship core just a bit too early? And is the Tyreek Hill move the start of that? Fair to speculate. Would you like to start us off, Zach? Well, uh, like Cameron said, it was kind of a slower news week, so... You know, we're we're not quite grasping the straws here, but you know, we're we're only trying to cover stuff that we feel is a need to know. And oh, by the way, what uh, what are you drinking? Or are you drinking some? I was drinking water, but I could just uh, pop out a fat tire right now. I got one right here. Ah, you could, you could. Um, all right, I could I, go with eight oh five. I I also have that, but uh, currently I'm I'm going to my roots here. Uh. You know, uh, once upon a time, I was known as uh, Chief White Claw, so we're we're going with the Mango White Claw here. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say Coke Zero, but I was about to scream. <laughs> oh, I had one to there. Yeah, I know. I unfortunately <laughs> took a sip. <laughs> Zach thought it was uh, Diet Coke. I had to remind him it was no, no, not. No, no, no. I, I don't stoop that well. Coke. I thought it was regular Coke. <laughs> and then when I drank it, I thought it was crap. <laughs> well anyway. you know not everyone can appreciate the finer things <laughs> now with a fat tire in hand there you go we'll talk about dick uh what was the number we got it was like five years uh, 123 yeah let me pull up those those figures for you um the base is a four-year 96, actually, mm-hmm. but there are incentives. Um, set, actually, that that is a... Uh, okay, no, actually, there, there are more incentives, but the signing bonus, 21 mil, 21 and a half, actually. 70 and get total guarantees. Um, I'm not seeing the incentives off the top of my head, I, I'm assuming that pushes it well north of 100. But yeah, yeah four years, 96. 
I was saying, well, every time I was saying it was like a five-year deal, but I mean, that, I don't know, who knows? You know, uh, either way, Cameron and I kind of were talking and most of the quarterbacks or the elite quarterbacks we talk about, like Mahomes, Rodgers, uh, to an extent, you might say Brady in the past, uh, those guys have not typically held on to their number one receiver. Like the team moves off that guy, hmm. you know, fairly often. But Patriots only had Randy Moss even for a short while. Yeah, like about two years or so. Brady's arguably best receiver, talent-wise. I would definitely say so. Uh, it just it begs the question that the Bills are kind of bucking the, the curve right here, the trend, you know, what we've kind of come to see as normal team building over time when your quarterback's starting to age out. You typically yeah. think your quarterback uh, needs less talented players at wide because he's made that uh, – development in his overall talent and uh, we definitely have all seen the talent improvement that has uh, i don't have words today sorry josh allen has made a very huge leap obviously and uh typically after a leap uh, the trend is to sort of let that number one receiver go and let him kind of make do with lesser talent in order to kind of stock up the rest of the team and like the trenches or mostly the defense, you know, and the Packers and, have been running with that strategy. <laughs> yeah. seems like the chiefs are kind of eyeing that kind of strat this year too. And, um, you know, the Patriots have always kind of been that team in that regard. It just kind of begs the question that, uh, why do the bills feel the need to extend digs? And why are they the one to buck that trend? What are your thoughts, Ken? You know, I, on first thought, I, I, I did think it was it was a, an outlier. I, I mean, we're it, it's hard to say big picture wise, but definitely if we're looking at recent events, we've seen Devontae Adams goes from Aaron Rodgers. MVP back-to-back years to Derek Carr, top 10, borderline top 10, wherever you got him. Not Aaron Rodgers, not elite, good, not great. There's That's the difference. So we've got a receiver going from the, top, uh, the MVP to a fringe top 10 guy. And for the Bills, we have them retaining their wide receiver one with an elite quarterback. And then you also contrast that with the Chiefs getting rid of their wide receiver one and Tyree Kill and shoving three guys in that in that gap now to fill his role. And the Bills for some reason just it it, it takes a, a closer look. I, I wasn't sure at first how to how to dive into that, but our do they just want to do everything possible to keep the talent around Josh Allen because they don't trust that he can do without it? Or is it that they don't feel the need to move on like the Chiefs did because they don't mind paying 
their wide receiver won that top tier salary. I I actually kind of came to a different conclusion when I thought about it. I wasn't thinking it as more or less they don't trust Josh Allen as more I mean they less- haven't won a, a championship yet. You could say that for Mahomes and Rogers at least. Maybe that they're waiting until that point where they're like, okay, he doesn't need that. I I think it goes a little deeper than that. I think it goes kind of more or less the team's philosophy, and not only just recently, but over the course of their history. They've always kind of been that more offensive-oriented team. I mean, throughout their history. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, They had possibly one of the greatest DNs of all time. Hmm. Uh, Still the the sack league leader today of all time. Don't don't forget those really good defenses that used to confound Aaron Rodgers with the Ryan Fitzpatrick era Bills. (laughs) But... I will say, uh, typically, when you think of their history, you think of Jim Kelly. You think of all the those great offensive players, the K-Gun offense, Thurman Thomas, uh, Andre Reid. And it, this, to me, just doesn't seem out of character. Like, go, And especially how they've been team building around Josh Allen in particular, they kind of ignored their running game. Their offensive line doesn't really see a lot of overhaul which is good there's a lot of continuity there but it's not really like a top tier offensive line i wouldn't say it's pretty like middle pack maybe a little bit of average in some regards but they really really honed in on trying to bring him weapons whether that was manuel sanders they drafted uh, a lot of guys like gabriel davis they drafted zay jones who we saw just got (laughs) A, a pretty okay contract for what I'd consider to be a bust of a player. Um, I, I think he got vastly overpaid for a player. Yeah, and you know when they emphasize how hard he works, it, that's the key there. <laughs> I, I think the Bills have made such an emphasis on trying to put receiving talent around Josh Allen. It just doesn't seem out of character. And it, to me, it really kind of feels like the Bills. I, I would agree. I they've gone after the guys. I mean, they signed Von Miller to that huge deal. Yeah, so I, I don't know if it's more or less they don't trade him. And so that, that was kind of my thought when I kind of really thought about it. Um, but only time will tell if it's really, truly a good move. Um, I would argue you'd always want to kind of invest in defense if you have that great quarterback because he's kind of the great equalizer on that side of the ball. Well, typically. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. There, there, it's a bit curious too. Um, because you could argue that you could ship off digs and use that cap space or whatever you get in return, pick wise or player wise. Uh, to invest in the defense and say, you know what, Josh Allen's good enough. We could just build the other side of the ball uh, and just leave him with with whatever he has. And, and, and they also have plenty of, of guys now. They have uh, apparently rising star Gabriel Davis with a multi-touchdown performance in their, ult- their final game of last season. They have Dawson Knox. They have... Um, uh, they signed a running back. I can't remember his name. That they needed that. 
they have do they still have Emmanuel Sanders? They had him last year. I do like, not believe they resigned him. I didn't hear anything okay. about that. Or at least they have they have some other options. They don't have, let's say, a, a wide receiver one. But and Diggs has been insanely productive: a thousand yards, four straight seasons since joining Buffalo. Led the NFL in receiving in twenty twenty, hundred twenty seven catches, fifteen thirty five yards. First team All Pro, Pro Bowl, twenty twenty one, more of the same: twelve twenty five yards, hundred three catches. It's it's not like he he hasn't been worth what he got, but it is kind of a tricky balance, and it it seems like the Bills took the the antithetical approach to what the Chiefs and the Packers and and quite possibly since NFL's copycat league, uh, other teams will will likely uh, take. Yeah, I. I, I like the move. Honestly, I, I kind of like when teams fuck the trend, you know? I That's usually the thing that kind of starts new trends. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. what other, what else could, you know? Um, I honestly wasn't really a huge fan of the Chiefs moving on from Tyreek Hill. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that late, a little later on, but it kind of ties in. We're just going to shit on the too. Chiefs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 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 they're still the front runners we don't hate them we're just you know being critical <laughs> um but there was another receiver who was extended as well brandon cooks i i'm i, I try to see brandon cooks for what he is he's probably top two top three slot receiver in the league uh if you consider cooper cup more of a slot receiver uh, I'd say Cooks is number two. If you, uh, there's there's a couple guys you can add in there. That's what would put him at three, maybe. But regardless, he is an elite slot receiver. Um, kind of glad to see him finally resign with the team and not get moved around. <laughs> I, I think this was the first time, and, and I know everyone on Bleacher Report when I checked the comment section was saying more of the same, but. We're all like, oh, wow, you know, first time we've ever gotten a notification that said Brandon Cooks and didn't also say the word trade. <laughs> um, there was an old uh, joke about oh, um, the basketball player, uh, Lou Williams, because mm. he kept getting traded. Yeah, he kept getting traded and uh, moved around every year. They're saying he gets passed around like the henny bottle at a party. I'd argue that's kind of <laughs> Brandon Cooks of uh, the NFL. So you can say that. Finally, yeah, it's good to finally see that uh, he's staying in one spot. <laughs> well, I, I I earlier today likened him to the uh, offensive version of Yannick Nagakwe. I don't know if it's a a, a straight comparison, uh, if you will, but hear me out he get he's good at a specific thing being a slot guy and Yannick Nagakwe is really good at being a pass rusher and stacking sacks and they're both remarkably consistent at what they do but since they're let's say a one-trick pony or a narrow skill set uh 
they don't tend to stick around <laughs> despite production that would suggest that they should. Um, and also at the same time, almost contradictory, uh, a receiver who's consistently productive and a pass rusher who are, who is consistently productive at stacking sacks. Like th those are the things we kind of value above everything else. But at the same time, if you're only good at the valuable thing, but you're not well-rounded, it, it, it just leaves something to be desired and teams are keen to move off you year in and year out. Case in point, Nagakwe gets traded every year and so does Brandon Cooks. Uh, although Brandon Cooks now is sticking around, so good for him. And uh, something I didn't realize, he played 16 games and quietly put a, a 90 catch season. 1,037 yards and six touchdowns with Davis Mills. How about that? Yeah. I he, mean, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say he did have a, a, a pretty good year, especially considering what they had throwing at him. Uh, definitely a lot to like with Brandon Cooks. He's been one of the more consistent receivers and not really talked about. Uh, I think a lot to do with him not getting that recognition has to do with him being kind of pigeonholed as a slot guy. He doesn't really ever play out wide, but I mean, those guys are just, they're valuable too. A lot, lots of teams run through wide receiver sets almost like half the time they're on the field. So it's not like Brandon cooks is not seeing a lot of snaps. He is definitely getting probably the most snaps of any receiver on that team. Uh, actually, I could check that right now. <laughs> he has gotten this year uh, 831 snaps. That is 83% of Houston's offensive snaps. And he's consistently averaged around that, with the lowest being 72% on his first season and in 2019. And generally been above 80, highest 93% New England. 2017 so he's played a lot everywhere has been yeah and he's only 28 i feel like he's been passed around so many times i thought he was like 32 <laughs> but like it's, it's gotta be a it is because and and i don't know if this has ever been replicated i will give him credit and for for his sake a slow news week means that he gets a, a, a bit of a feature here. Uh, he's had three straight 1,000-yard seasons with three different teams in a row in three different seasons. 2016 with New Orleans, 2017 with New England, and 2018 with the Rams. And if you took away that 2019 season, which he was competing with two other very stellar receivers for, for targets, he would have what, like six straight thousand yard seasons. And that would be on four different teams. When has that ever happened? Like, he's just such an interesting case. Like, I don't know if I'll ever see that again. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think we ever will. I mean, 
how many receivers who are productive do move around not very many and it, it, it is it's at a certain point whether or not he is a kind of I wouldn't say a niche player because slot receivers like we just talked about get a lot of the snaps specifically this guy but oh yeah I, I don't know why teams just aren't sold on him. Maybe he just doesn't look like that true number one receiver and uh, GMs just kind of are always chasing that guy. I, I, I honestly couldn't say. That's a curious case because everything statistically, even the eye test, like whatever you want to say seems to suggest that, that you get a long-term deal somewhere at some point. And he just has it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that, Gronk, sort of a receiver, some would say. Uh, it's very blurry line these days. <laughs> the greatest tight end of all time. I would be inclined to agree. <laughs> um, and with that, I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's going to play next year. I don't think he's going to play for anyone but Tampa. Yeah, you want to see this quick baby title? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Rob Gronkowski return for 2022 season would definitely be with Bucks. Oh. Hmm. It's as if we didn't already tell that. Yeah, the comment section is quite lively on that. (laughs) Um, Whether he retires or not, though, Gronk's legacy in my eyes is pretty much cemented. If that guy was into the Super Bowl, it doesn't really sway much, in my opinion. He's already the greatest tight end of all time, I believe. He was uh, really close to 10,000 yards, I think. Let me check. It, it was annoyingly close. Like, I, he needs to get that. Okay, yeah. He has 9,286. 9, if he could just replicate last season, he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you said he missed five games last year. It, yeah, he right. he missed five games and get this. Uh, oh, I, I just told you, but they, the, the listeners don't know. Uh, he had f- 55 catches. Okay, modest total. 802 yards, six touchdowns. That, to me, is a productive season for a full year, 17 games. Yeah, let alone missing five. Yeah, let alone 12. Is, is his total. <laughs> so, uh, you know, is he Kelsey? No. Is he Kittle or Waller? No. At this point. But is he better than most guys out there? Yeah. <laughs> By a lot. And can he still tear it up in the playoffs when you need him to? Yeah, we've seen it. Uh, even if he misses five games, they did not. He didn't miss a beat. Neither did the Bucks. So, I think he's coming back. I think he's just kind of uh, taking his time. You know, he's not, he's not, he's not Brady. He's not, you know, pulling a forty-day hiatus, uh, resisting the the temptations of uh, sugary goodness in favor of avocado ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but I I would expect uh, they they do have the same personal trainer, by the way. Um, so I know Gronk is, is in good shape relative to his peers. And yeah, I, I think he just shows up 
I don't, I don't know when exactly. Definitely by training camp, I would I would surmise. So, and I I expect him to pick up with with probably about what he had last year, around eight hundred yards. Uh, maybe he misses a handful of games, but he's there in the playoffs. He's just kind of like load management type deal, and just further cements his status as the greatest tight end we've ever seen. Case in point, for those of you who might be like, oh, well, you know, Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, uh, Kellen Winslow, whatever, what have you. And for those of you Chiefs fans that are just probably madly in love with Kelsey, um, Rob Gronkowski changed the game. And for that alone, let alone his many accolades, he deserves that benefit of the doubt. And I hope he comes back because he's just fun. Like, it's really hard not to root for that guy. And if I could party with any NFL player, it would be Rob Gronkowski, without a doubt. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably second that, for sure. Okay, imagine a pool party with Rob Gronkowski. It would be pretty awesome. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You can never ask for more in life. Um, that brings us to our final topic of discussion in the slow news week. <laughs> uh, Casey, we kind of briefly mentioned it. Cameron, I prefaced it in our introduction, and I briefly mentioned one of the gripes we have with them. Hmm. Are they blowing it up way too early? I would lean yes. I mean, it, yeah. It's been, granted, they've made one major move in that direction. However, uh, that's the kind of move that generally leads to subsequent such moves. I expect Frank Clark, with his 20-something million salary, 27 maybe, something like that, it's it's extraordinarily high for what he brings to the table value-wise. At this point, um, but those high-paid players on that roster, uh, Frank Clark would be a, a not exactly the Tyreek Hill mold because Kel- Tyreek Hill was very valuable and definitely a core guy you keep around. Uh, Frank Clark was just a, a atrocious contract choice. But when you start taking away, like. Okay, let's hypothetically say you get maybe five players that you pay 20-plus mil at this rate, 25, whatever, somewhere in that range. Uh, that, you're, that you're like, okay, this is my handful of guys' core. We're building around. We're, not, we're keeping them together. We could shuffle anyone else around the roster we want. Who gives a shit? Um, we're, we could re- spend a whole offseason reworking our entire offensive line. And it doesn't matter because we have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and whomsoever they choose. Uh, Matthew, maybe until they got rid of him. <laughs> and I guess, let's say Frank Clark, he's a high-priced guy. None of the other roster moves matter. But when you start taking one of those, even one of those five guys, even one, all of a sudden that's 20% of your core. 
what happens when you take another one? That's 40%. Yeah, if those are the guys leading your team that you trust to build your entire other 48 players on your roster around, and you start moving them, now we know Mahomes is never getting moved, but the others are all liable. Are you tearing it down too early at this rate? Or are you starting to make those impulse moves that aren't going to result in more championships in the future and not as readily as they've been making those <laughs> games? Yeah, I would say... Um... They let Tyron Matthew walk. I mean, yeah, they brought in a new safety, and they've been pretty aggressive, I'd say, in kind of reshuffling key positions with what I'd say is pretty solid players. But hmm. eventually, one of those isn't going to work out. And I'm not, I'm not saying uh, Justin Reed, their new safety, is not going to be good for them. Or I, I just. I can't see that much roster turnover and it's like key positions typically. Like we're seeing Tyree kill and they're trying to replace them with Scantling, a guy who and Juju. left a lot to be desired. Juju, I wouldn't really say is filling Tyree kills are, role. Are um, they, did they sign a third guy? No, they're basically taking a committee approach to fill in that gap by like three, three or four really guys. Did. I, the name escapes me, but I remember hearing another name. I, I think you were right. But my point being is that none of those guys, even if you combine all of them, are going to be even close to the value that Tyreek Hill would bring. No, and I agree. Yeah. And I also, look, I mean, Tyreek Hill is not the youngest receiver in the league, but he's certainly still in his prime. And I would honestly listen to an argument that says that he lost a step, perhaps, but... I would argue end, that he's still faster than everybody else, whether he exactly, does or not. Yeah, whether <laughs> he has lost a step, he is truly one of the fastest players on this planet, people on this planet. And his skills are just so manifold. Like he, he catches short passes, he, he can play in a slot, he, he goes deep, he, he doesn't, he's not just a fast guy, you know? Like Scantling. Yeah. <laughs> and... I, I it just Frank Clark. I agree. It, it was time to move on. It wasn't necessarily. Oh, uh, he's still on there. It, it's just oh. he's an albatross now. Yeah. Oh, I thought just not matching up. No, they, they should, and I expect them to. But he he's uh I, I believe he's still there. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh their highest paid defensive player. Yeah. Ooh. Let me see. Yeah, that, Frank that's not Clark good. cap figure. Let's see. It is uh let me see. Five year hundred and four million dollar contract is what he's on. Uh his what was that? Five years for one oh four. That's over twenty per year for a player that's just not producing even close to that. Yeah, I, I. So they've 
Oh, I'm sorry. They really have kind of been very aggressive. I'll give them that. And, you know, we've praised the aggressiveness of teams. Mm. But they've made bad choices lately. (laughs) It's not that necessarily the choices are bad, but it's not aggressive in the ways that we see as a game. Like when the Rams are being aggressive, typically they're adding a player, right? Uh And Uh I mean, we're, we, the chiefs are adding players, but the value of the players they are adding aren't necessarily equal to the value of the players they're losing. Are they pulling a Raiders? Are they trading away their Mari Cooper, Khalil Mack? I, I, I don't necessarily... In favor of not getting those that. players back and then needing those players? I, I could see Tyree Kill being a huge loss. I, I, I would say if they were going to lose one of their two stubbly receiving threats between Kelsey and Hill, it, it should have been Hill. But... Then again, you really don't want to lose either one. And I, Juju, he had that one really massive year, like his rookie year, second year, really early, early in his career. And, mm. you know, that's solid. But we've seen what Juju is. He's not really making defense coordinators shake in their boots or anything. And uh, Scantling, if he even secures the catch. I mean, it's not really much of a threat. Not in the same way that Tyreek Kill. literally, you had to kind of shape your defensive game plan around. It was kind of the combination of him and Kelsey, which made the Chiefs so, so deadly, in my opinion, because you had to be weary of Hill completely burning you. And if you gave him extra attention, which you had no choice to, Kelsey was going to just tear you up underneath. And now that they really don't have a guy who's going to scare defenses deep, Kelsey might sort of have a harder time. I think Mahomes is going to have kind of a harder time. Only time will tell. Uh And who knows? I could be eating my words next year. Scantling just turns into a stud. (laughs) You never know. And I think uh, I've said it. Juju is one of my favorite by-low guys this year. But I I, I still agree that he's not as – uh, prolific value-wise <laughs> as he could be. But, I mean, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think uh, Juju is kind of more or less coming in to fill that, uh, like, Sammy Watkins role when the Chiefs were really clicking a couple years ago, where that mm-hmm. that guy is really going to get those uh, underneath routes that uh, he's going to kind of strive or not strive. Um, thrive off of a single coverage, especially coming out of the slot. Um, especially because Kelsey's going to warrant a lot of attention. Um, I do see Juju as more of a slot guy, though. Uh, people probably don't think that of him because he's kind of bigger, but in Pittsburgh, he was more of a slot receiver. Um, more in like the Jarvis Landry mold. So I, I'm not like. I'm not the highest on that. I, I will agree it's a good buy low if uh, for like maybe a fantasy. I got him for peanuts. <laughs> yeah. Especially for uh, fantasy next year, he might be a pretty solid number three receiver. So uh, yeah, I might draft him in, in some of those middle rounds if I can get away with it. <laughs> but uh, 
check this. I, I I'm just looking it up because I I wanted to uh, see Kelsey's age, but um, I also came across he uh, he has a couple of records that are interesting. Most thousand yard receiving seasons by a tight end, which I didn't think he had, uh, was six, and uh, also most consecutive thousand yard receiving seasons by a tight end was six. <laughs> it's already uh, been but, six. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it, it has. He has nine thousand and uh, six yards uh, in his career. Fifty-seven touchdowns, seven hundred and four catches. I know I read that backwards, but bear with me. Uh, however, he is now thirty-two. How much longer is he going to do that? And you traded away the younger receiver threat. Yeah, I also relative to their division, uh, their division decided to be ultra aggressive this year, and mm. uh, historically, well, yeah. I would say the most aggressive move was made by the Broncos. I'd say overall they've been the least aggressive because they gave up the most assets in one deal. I believe right. if they're making the ty- the the um, Frank Clark type moves, they can't even afford to be. <laughs> And uh, um, I've seen that some people have argued that uh, the signing of like Joe Tooney has sort of precipitated the Tyreek Hill move uh, in advance there because since they signed someone like him to such a big deal, did the whole offensive line thing, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that laid the groundwork for them not being able to or choosing not to however you'd like to look at that. Um, Resigning Tyreek Hill and leading to his departure once all these... Also, I will will say I like the idea that the Raiders giving Devontae Adams that massive deal uh, also led to um, driving Tyreek Hill out of the division because that's funny. But I, I, I don't, all those sound like excuses to me. I, I don't believe it. I think the Chiefs just just didn't want to do it. And for I, whatever I, reason. I agree. I, I think more or less the Chiefs are, uh, they're kind of paying the price for signing Shotuni, revamping that offense line, being aggressive. There is a price to pay for being aggressive, and mm-hmm. it is eventually you're either going to have to pay guys a lot of money because you're bringing in good players or you're going to get to the point where you're going to have to make a choice between two good players. And this is where we come to with the Chiefs, you know? Uh, So there's always two sides to that coin. Yeah, you kind of wonder what... I I feel like they could have made it work, though. I just don't know what... Like, what are they just really looking at the future and saying, oh crap, we have all this coming up? How are we going to keep, like, I, I just don't get their rationale, really. <laughs> I, I still don't, even with all that. And, which means, like, like, are they going to make another such decision next? Like, what, what is their next? Are, are they going to. Are they going to start tearing it down too early? Because it seems like they're taking that step. And I mean, we've breached this topic, but 
um, what separates the the Tom Brady's from the uh, or like th- those top two guys. I even heard the argument of what was what made Kurt Warner a Hall of Famer was the fact that it not only was he really good for just a little while with the with the Rams, but he then ran it back and resurrected the Cardinals and said, you know. I'm back again and I'm still really good. And that's what made him a Hall of Famer. And with Tom Brady, he had several groups of guys, several championship cores that he transitioned from. We're going to see Mahomes. Is he going to be on that? I, I think he will, but we'll know for sure when they, they're, they're already starting, it seems, you know, with the Tyreek Hill thing. Let's see. I'm sure Clark, uh, eventually Kelsey is following. When they transition fully out of that group and they bring in all the the, the new core, is he going to be that guy? Is is Mahomes going to separate in that way? No, honestly, I think that's a fair question, and I think we're going to see the answer to that very soon. Well, they they've. <laughs> They've started the. They've got the ball rolling uh, down the hill, and uh, it remains to be seen what that next move is on that. But it is. I, there are consequences to getting rid of your core. <laughs> there are consequences, and is this the right time to start doing that for them? They, they've just almost been the three straight Super Bowls. Yeah, I... Making another Super Bowl, I mean, will kind of quell all these concerns, but then again... Oh, they could, they could win another one and just shut me up real quick. <laughs> They just went from probably one of the hardest divisions to definitely the hardest division and probably all of sports. Um, At least on paper, but we'll entertain it. Yeah. yeah um, so only only next year will tell us. And honestly, I'm getting really excited. So I am I, too. I, I I'd like to see which team. Uh, we all know the Chiefs are. Our front runners. I'm not buying the Chiefs downfall rumors entirely. Okay, they can get rid of Tyreek Hill. Yes, I think that's stupid. <laughs> no, I don't think that makes them worse than the Broncos or the Chargers or the Raiders. However, the gap is closed a bit, at least on paper, talent wise. And yeah, it, it remains to be seen. Also, I think what something I'm looking forward to is which, which of those teams, because the expectations are just sky high for all four. Um, which, which one's gonna uh, cr- crumble under that? The weight of those expectations is is one of my fun little narratives for next year. And uh, with that. Uh... I think we kind of covered everything that this week had to offer. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a rough time doom scrolling through Bleacher Report. Just 
you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> for new stories. <laughs> and I found that Gronk one and I was like, you know what? We're going to make something out of this. <laughs> uh, we got, what, two, two, three more weeks to the draft. I think it's like that 28th or something like that. Really end of April, so it, it's everyone's busy watching film and, and falling in love with guys uh, on tape here. So, you know, they're all just huddled up all day in and day out, and nothing is, is coming to the news front, so. Yeah, we'll just have to be patient. I'm sure uh, next week something big will drop. Typically, you know, when there's a slow week, the next week is pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, I wonder who would do, you know, maybe, maybe the Jaguars trade for DK Metcalf, you know. <laughs> I, I would I would be a fan of that. Hey, you know, he changes his, his hair color every week. You, you can change teams. To the teal. I could see it in teal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could see that. Get Trevor Lawrence help. Please, please, please. And please make it quality. No, no more Zay Jones. I'm sorry. No more Zay Jones. I like him. Don't love him. <laughs> and with that, guys, we will catch you next week. Later. Peace. This episode is brought to you by HowToPest. Go to howtopest.com for your pest control needs. They're absolutely crushing it. What are you waiting for? Check us out on Instagram at Fraternal Football Podcast. Twitter coming soon. We're getting a social media presence going. Also, we are on like eight different podcasting services, including Spotify, which you're most likely listening to, Apple Podcasts now, Stitcher, uh, like five more. Check us out on a variety. Uh, we got stickers everywhere. Slide into our DMs on social media. Engage. Maybe you want to be on the show. Let us know. We're out there and we're available. Also, if you like the content you hear in this podcast, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. If there's ability to rate, go ahead and give us all those stars. We appreciate you for it. This has been Fraternal Football. Cam and Zach, signing off.